The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Friday, September 9th, 2022. Coming up this hour. The world remembers Queen Elizabeth II. Leaders across the globe pay their respect to her historic reign and her legacy. The UK marks the end of an era with the start of 10 days of mourning. And King Charles ascends to the throne, the oldest person to do so in British history. The Justice Department will appeal the Trump's special master order. And Governor Murphy takes aim at Manhattan's congestion prices. Plan. I'm John Tucker. Those stories straight ahead. I'm John Stashauer in sports. A Yankee rally came up short against the Twins. The Bills beat the Rams to kick off the NFL season. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow, and U.S. stock index futures are higher this morning. We are coming up to 601 on Wall Street. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up 31 points this morning. Dow futures up 224, and NASDAQ futures up 129. Nathan. Karen, reaction is still pouring in after the death of Queen Elizabeth II. The U.K.'s longest reigning monarch passed away peacefully at Balmoral Castle in Scotland yesterday at the age of 96. Prime Minister Liz Truss was first to pay honor to the life and work of the Queen. Queen Elizabeth II leaves a great legacy. Today the crown passes, as it has done for more than a thousand years, to our new monarch, our new head of state, His Majesty King Charles III. Prime Minister Liz Truss called the Queen the rock on which modern Britain was built. Truss was appointed by the Queen just this week. Well, Nathan, leaders across the world are also paying their respects to the Queen. Here in the U.S., President Joe Biden addressed the loss at a reception for the Democratic National Committee in Maryland. I had the opportunity to meet her before she passed, and she was an incredibly gracious and decent woman. And the thoughts and prayers of the American people are with the people of the United Kingdom and the Commonwealth in their grief. Hillary Clinton is also remembering Her Majesty, the former First Lady and Secretary of State, says she was lucky enough to meet Her Majesty on several occasions. She was a curious, uh, highly intelligent uh, person who really wanted to learn uh, what you knew and how it would fit into the world. And back in the U.K., there's been a profound loss felt in Scotland. First Minister Nicola Sturgeon describes the death of the Queen as a moment of acute loss and sadness. For more than 70 years, Queen Elizabeth has been the great constant in our national life. She has inspired us, on occasion comforted us, and always personified values we hold dear. And in Canada, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau delivered a poignant speech on the legacy of the Queen and her importance to him and his country. In a complicated world, her steady grace and resolve 
brought comfort and strength to us all. Canada is in mourning. She was one of my favorite people in the world, and I will miss her so. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said he's in disbelief over her death and that Canada is in mourning. Well, Karen, outside of world leaders, we're hearing from people who had a close personal relationship with the Queen. We spoke with former uh, advisor to the Queen, Mary McLeod, who says Her Majesty was an empowering role model. She will be remembered, I think, really as an, as an inspiration. And I grew up thinking I could achieve anything. There was a female monarch, a female prime minister. I mean, it's the, really, she has been there for, for everyone throughout their lives. And it's her devotion, her life of service, a real selfless leader is how I think everyone is, is remembering her. Mary McLeod is a former member of parliament and advisor to Queen Elizabeth II. She spoke with Bloomberg Radio earlier this morning. Well, Nathan, the death of the Queen kicks off 10 days of mourning in the U.K. We get the details on that from Bloomberg Daybreak Europe anchor Caroline Hepker, who joins us from London. Good morning, Caroline. Good morning, Karen and Nathan. We had all perhaps prepared ourselves for the death of the Queen, but when it came, it was still a shock and a moment of grief for many. Flags are now flying at half-mast, tributes from politicians at home and abroad for her long reign, and particularly her dedication to public service are being made. In the coming days, the Queen's body will return from Scotland to London. She will lie in state in Westminster Hall in the heart of Parliament, where the public will be able to pay their own respects. We have no date yet, but the state funeral for the Queen will take place at Westminster Abbey, in the very place where Elizabeth Alexandra Mary Windsor married Prince Philip in 1947 and where she was crowned Queen in 1953. Live in London, I'm Caroline Hepke, Bloomberg Radio. Caroline, thanks. There's also the future of the monarchy to consider at this moment. Charles III will soon be formally proclaimed king in a ceremony dating back hundreds of years. Bloomberg Daybreak Europe banker Stephen Carroll also in London now with the details on that. Good morning, Stephen. Good morning, Nathan and Karen. Yeah, the meeting of the accession council, as it's known, due to take place tomorrow where that formal proclamation will take place. It's a group that includes members of the Privy Council, historically the sovereign's most trusted advisers. Also present will be officials from the City of London and from the Commonwealth. At 73, Charles is the oldest person to accede to the throne in British history. He'll now have to steer the monarchy in a country that's altered beyond recognition since his mother's accession in 1952. Live in London, I'm Stephen Carroll, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Stephen, thank you. And King Charles now has big shoes to fill, taking over from the longest reigning monarch in British history. We get perspective now from Anthony Gardner, former U.S. ambassador to the European Union under President Obama. Well, I think he will try to respect the, something of the recipe of what made her a success. It may be difficult uh, because uh, he is a person with uh, views. And by the way, I think he's underestimated. He said things and believed things well before they were widely believed or said. I'm thinking of certainly the environment well before his time, well before his time. Former U.S. Ambassador Anthony Gardner was a guest on Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew. Catch the program weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio. And looking ahead to the market open on Wall Street this morning, Karen, futures are moving higher. S&P futures are up 30 points. Dow futures up 215. NASDAQ futures up 123 points. And the 10-year Treasury is up 15.30 seconds. The yield 3.26%. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines and a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. 
at 607 on Wall Street. We're at 64 degrees in Central Park. An accident investigation as the westbound LIE closed between exits 36 and 34. More coming up in traffic. First, John Tucker with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, John. Good morning, Nathan. The Justice Department will appeal the Trump special master order. The story this morning from Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger. The DOJ filed a notice of appeal with the U.S. District Court in the Southern District of Florida. They are asking the higher court to reverse a federal judge's order for a special master to review documents the FBI seized from former President Donald Trump's Florida home. The department says the ruling has impeded a review of the potential national security impact. The department also is seeking emergency approval to continue using the classified materials that were removed from Mar-a-Lago as part of its ongoing criminal investigation into whether Trump mishandled government records. In a decision roundly criticized by legal experts, U.S. District Judge Eileen Cannon granted Trump's request for a so-called special master and temporarily barred the government from using the documents to develop its criminal investigation. Jeff Bellinger, Bloomberg Daybreak. It's shaping up to be a border war of words. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy says New York City's congestion pricing proposal can't be on the backs of New Jersey commuters. I'm going to stand up and I will not relent on behalf of our, our taxpayers and commuters. Murphy speaking on Bloomberg's balance of power with David Weston. New York City is moving toward Manhattan congested pricing with a proposed toll of as much as $23. Former White House strategist Steve Bannon vows to fight a New York case accusing him of defrauding thousands of contributors to a privately funded U.S.-Mexico border wall of more than $15 million. Bannon pleading not guilty to money laundering, fraud, and conspiracy charges after walking into a lower Manhattan courtroom in handcuffs. He was released after turning over his passport. And the U.S. has offered $2.8 billion in weapons and military financing to Ukraine in its neighbors as the Biden administration attempts to shore up allied unity in the face of Russian threats to cut off fossil fuel exports and a looming energy crisis. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. We're powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thanks, John. 6.09 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Good morning, John Stasham. Good morning, Nathan. Yankees began today placing yet another key player on their very crowded injured list. DJ LeMay, who's been struggling, playing with a bad toe. So another makeshift lineup. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa was the Yankees' cleanup hitter. Marwin Gonzalez batted fifth. He got an early two-run homer for Miguel Anduar, but the Twins tie the game fifth inning, and then in the eighth. One-two pitch, a fly ball, left field and deep. Back it goes, deep it goes, and gone! Carlos Correa, there's his signature moment. Biggest swing is a twin. A go-ahead eighth-inning two-run homer, and the Twins take a 4-2 lead. T-I-B-N at the call. Yanks got a run in the eighth. Had the bases loaded with a one-out bottom of the ninth. They failed to score. Minnesota won 4-3 to avoid getting swept. Big series starts tonight at the stadium. Tampa Bay comes in having won 14 of the last 17. The Rays are four and a half games behind the Yanks. Mets start the weekend, half game ahead of Atlanta. Mets tonight visit Miami. The MLB Competition Committee expected a vote today on significant rule changes for next season, the implementation of a pitch clock, and the elimination of defensive shifts. Ans Jabir of Tunisia, Iga Shiantek of Poland, the semifinal winners of the U.S. Open. They'll play tomorrow for the championship. Now it's the men's semis highlighted by the match tonight. The American Francis Tiafo 
against the young Spaniard, Carlos Alcaraz. Buffalo Bills nearly made it to the Super Bowl last season. The favorite of many to get there this year. They opened up in L.A. a 31-10 route of the defending Super Bowl champion Rams. Josh Allen threw for nearly 300 yards, three touchdowns, while Matthew Stafford was intercepted three times. The Rangers have hired their longtime star goalie, Henrik Lundqvist, for a mostly business position. John Stanshower, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Thanks for that, John. S&P futures right now are up 28 points. Dow futures up 208. NASDAQ futures are higher by 118 points. The 10-year Treasury is up 15 30 seconds. The yield 3.26%. Yield on the two-year 3.46%. NYMEX crude is higher by 1.5%, $84.78 a barrel. British pound, 1.1620 against the U.S. dollar. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg Daybreak is brought to you by the Jewish Communal Fund. JCF's donor-advised fund is the smart choice to manage your philanthropy, especially in times of crisis. Make your giving impactful. Visit jcfny.org. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Tape. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And good morning. I'm Karen Moscow. Futures are higher with S&P futures up 29 points. Dow futures up 209. NASDAQ futures up 120. And the 10-year Treasury up 13.30 seconds. Yield 3.26%. Yield on the two-year 3.47%. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's John Tucker with more on what's going on around the world. John, good morning. And Karen Charles, the eldest of Queen Elizabeth's four children, will be formally proclaimed King of England in a ceremony tomorrow. Here in the U.S., the Justice Department will appeal a federal judge's order for a special master in the Trump documents case. Sports, NFL season kicked off last night. The Bills beating the reigning champion Los Angeles Rams 31-10. to The Yankees fell to the Twins 4-3. to The Nationals won over the Cardinals. The Reds beat the Cubs. Marlins beat the Phillies. The White Sox won big over the A's. And the Brewers swept the Giants in a doubleheader. Global News 24 hours a day on air on a Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Okay, John, thank you. It is 618 on Wall Street. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. Let's get more perspective now on the life and legacy of Queen Elizabeth II. We've been speaking with experts, historians, and those who knew the Queen personally. Bloomberg Daybreak Europe anchors Caroline Hepker and Stephen Carroll have been leading our coverage, and we hand it back over to them now for a discussion with the former press secretary to the Queen. Joining us now is Charles Anson, who is communications consultant and also the former press secretary to the Queen. Charles, thank you so much for giving us uh, your views and some of your time this morning. It is a very sad and a hugely historic moment for the people of Britain. And I just first like your view on how you think this uh, incredible Queen is going to be remembered. I think um, the Queen, with her very long reign, the longest reign in history of the British monarch, over a thousand years, so 70 years, has been over a span of huge change within this country and within the world. And what the Queen has contributed has been a steadiness, whether in good times, in times of joy, or in times of turbulence. That still small figure of the Queen and of the monarchy and a changing society has been a reassuring thing for a lot of people. And I think that's one of the great 
contributions is to provide that continuity in a time of great change. You had a close relationship with the Queen during the time that you worked with her. What are your personal memories of her? Well, I remember her, the Queen very much as someone who was practical by nature, straightforward and easy to deal with. Uh, and she had an extraordinary uh, humility in the way that she approached life and approached problems and their solutions. And that sort of humility and simple approach is what I think has endeared her to so many ordinary people around the world. That uh, She is a human being uh, who you can appreciate and someone who, through her commitment at the coronation and her religious faith and her sense of duty inherited and trained by her father, King George VI, and her mother, Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Mother, um, someone who really quite instinctively looked to try and make a better world um, in a non-political way. And I think people really have appreciated that over the years, particularly over the last 20 years and in the last few years of COVID when her voice and her steadiness have been a very reassuring element, uh, not only to the people of Britain, but to people around the Commonwealth and indeed all around the world. I think her voice is comforting to many people and her wisdom and kindness and set of values is something that people greatly admire in any human being, especially in a monarch. And this monarch, of course, famously never did interviews. She spoke to the nation on Christmas Day every year. She met so many thousands of people at the events that she attended. And she was a major force for British diplomacy, for brand Britain, right up until the very modern appearances with James Bond, with the animated Paddington Bear uh, clip that she did for the uh, for the Platinum Jubilee. Um, just talk to us about how critical she was for global Britain. Well, I think the first thing to say is the reason that the British monarchy has survived and prospered over a thousand years with difficult times and good times as well, the reason it survived is that it's been able to adapt and uh, none more so than uh, in these last 70 years of change since the Second World War. And what the Queen has brought is a sort of steady modernising approach to the monarchy whilst remaining herself the same character she was when she stood um, and knelt at, in, in Westminster Abbey at her coronation. And I think that combination of appearing to be the same whilst being open to new ideas and new ways of doing things um, has served the monarchy very well and uh, reflects the, the society and country that we now live in. And I think the process of embracing change in a very quiet sort of way has been very effective. And, of course, this has been admired by other great political figures around the world, Nelson Mandela, Barack Obama, virtually every American president has valued the Queen's um, take on things. Her experience is enormous. And she's used it and um, projected Britain in a way that has been um, very... Um, touching to many people. Given that legacy and influence of the Queen, what sort of king do you think that Charles will be? Well, I think um, each monarch brings his own, his or her own style and uh, some beliefs to the role. But essentially, the core um, uh, 
value of the monarchy is to remain politically neutral above the political fray and to work for society uh, and the nation as a whole. And I think uh, the aim very much of the Prince of Wales, now King Charles III, and of his mother, Queen Elizabeth, was to try to make a better world, one that was more tolerant, one that was more stable and steady, and one that was able to deal with adversity as well as with triumph. And our thanks to Bloomberg Daybreak Europe anchors Caroline Hepker and Stephen Carroll for that conversation with Charles Anson, communications consultant and former press secretary to Queen Elizabeth II. We've just got this headline crossing the Bloomberg terminal. King Charles III has left Balmoral Castle in Scotland. He is headed to London today where he's expected to meet with Prime Minister Truss and deliver his first speech to the nation as king. Stay with us for continuing coverage. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather. Mostly sunny today in New York. Highs near 80 degrees. Increasing afternoon clouds tomorrow. Low 80s with hazy skies. It'll be partly to mostly cloudy Sunday. Low 80s. Right now 64 in Central Park. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991. To Boston. Bloomberg 1061. To San Francisco. Bloomberg 960. To the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 6.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. We are just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Interactive Brokers Global Analyst helps you find new global investment opportunities to diversify your portfolio and discover undervalued companies that may have greater growth potential. Try IBKR Global Analyst today at IBKR.com slash GA. Reactions still pouring into the death of Queen Elizabeth II. Britain's longest reigning monarch passed away peacefully at Balmoral Castle in Scotland yesterday at the age of 96. Prime Minister Liz Truss was the first to pay honor to the life and work of the Queen. With the passing of the second Elizabethan age, we usher in a new era in the magnificent history of our great country, exactly as Her Majesty would have wished, by saying the words, God save the King. Prime Minister Liz Truss called the Queen the rock on which modern Britain was built. King Charles now ascends to the throne, a process that will be formalized in a ceremony tomorrow. Karen, the Queen is being honored by world leaders and public figures far and wide. She's remembered fondly for her poise and grace. We spoke with former U.S. Ambassador Anthony Gardner about the Queen's legacy. She was respectful of the limits of her office, but she understood also that she could exercise significant influence by being a symbol, by being a a steady hand at moments that were pretty turbulent, uh, a model of public service. And I think, you know, that, that resonates, especially today. Queen Elizabeth's reign spanned 15 prime ministers. She marked 70 years on the throne just this year. Well, Nathan, now King Charles III ascends to the top of the monarchy. The formal proclamation comes in a ceremony tomorrow. Jonathan Spengler is a royal historian and senior lecturer at Manchester Metropolitan University. It will be very interesting over the next couple of months to see how much King Charles III wants to change things. But I I have to say that a lot of the changes, I think, have already been made. The slimming down 
of those who actually work and are paid to work in the British country and around the world has been significantly reduced. And the amount of ceremonial that the family does in its day-to-day activities has also quite significantly been reduced. And Jonathan Spangler is a royal historian and senior lecturer at Manchester Metropolitan University. Stay tuned for more of that conversation coming up shortly on Bloomberg Daybreak. That's the five things you need to know about the Queen to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Thanks, Karen. It's 633 on Wall Street. We're at 64 degrees in Central Park. And traffic's getting heavy on the north shore of Long Island with the LIE closed westbound in Roslyn Heights. Details coming up in traffic. First, John Tucker with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, John. And Nathan, a warning from New Jersey to New York. Stop plans for congestion pricing. The story from Bloomberg's Lisa Mateo. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy tells Bloomberg New York City's congestion pricing proposal would be a huge burden on commuters. Not that I'm against mitigants of, of, against pollution. We're all for that. Uh, but it can't be taken out on the backs of New Jersey commuters. Murphy was on Bloomberg's Balance of Power with David Weston. Manhattan congestion traffic pricing would have a proposed per car toll of as much as $23. People driving from New Jersey pay tolls at three river crossings, and Murphy has said he would block any attempt to charge them twice. Lisa Mateo, Bloomberg Daybreak. President Biden taking aim at Donald Trump for promising to pardon rioters who attacked the Capitol and warn voters against putting Trump's followers in charge of the House or Senate in November's elections. Those who love this country, Democrats, independents, and mainstream Republicans, have to be stronger, more determined, and more committed to saving American democracy than the MAGA Republicans are to literally destroying American power. He spent much of an address at the National Harbor Resort assailing the former president and those who continue to back him after the insurrection. The Justice Department will appeal a federal judge's order for a special master to review documents the FBI sees from former President Donald Trump's Florida home. They say the ruling has thwarted a review of the potential national security impact. The department also seeking emergency approval to continue using the classified materials that were removed from Mar-a-Lago as part of its ongoing criminal investigation into whether Trump or anyone else improperly mishandled government records. And Kim Jong-un has expanded the circumstances under which North Korea would launch a nuclear strike further raising the stakes for any military confrontation with the U.S. and its allies. North Korea laid out the new nuclear doctrine in a law approved by that country's Supreme People's Congress. Global News 24 hours a day, on air, and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thank you, John. 635 on Wall Street. Let's get the Bloomberg Sports Update once again with John Stashow. All right, Nathan. Yankees are going for a four-game sweep for the Twins. They took an early lead on a Miguel Andujar two-run homer. Minnesota went ahead on Carlos Correa's two-run shot in the eighth. The Yanks got closer, but they left the tying run at third base in both the eighth and ninth innings. Minnesota with a rare win over the Yanks, 4-3. to three. The Yankee lead over Tampa Bay is 4.5. They host the Red Hot Rays tonight. Mets are in Miami. The U.S. Open, easy semifinal win for Anz Jabir of Tunisia. She needed just over an hour and will face 
Top-seeded Iga Shiantek in tomorrow's women's final. Shiantek lost the first set with Arena Sabalenka. She was down a break in the third before rallying to win. Francis Tiafo on center stage tonight at Arthur Ashe Stadium, the first American in a Grand Slam men's semifinal since 2009. He'll take on Carlos Alcaraz, and Tiafo will have a home court advantage. I love playing in front of that crowd. Um, I feel like, you know, that's why you train hard and um, show the world what you can do. Um, don't shy away from it. Go to it. And I just love playing in front of back people. I love you know, to show the world what I can do. First men's semi this afternoon, Casper Ruud of Norway going against Karen Kachanov. When you win the Super Bowl, you get to host the first game of the following season. So the Rams, back in the same stadium in L.A. where they won up at Buffalo, dominated the second half. Won the season opener 31-10, to a game with seven turnovers. Josh Allen threw for nearly 300 yards, three touchdowns. He ran for 56 more with another score. WNBA playoffs, the Connecticut Sun finished the game on an 18-0 run, won the decisive Game 5 with defending champ Chicago, and will now play Las Vegas for the title. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Okay, John, thank you. It is 637 on Wall Street as we continue our special coverage of the life and enduring legacy of the late Queen Elizabeth II. We want to turn our attention uh, back to the market, take a look at some of the uh, individual names moving in early trading. Bloomberg Radio and TV markets correspondent Kriti Gupta is with us this morning. Kriti, uh, where do you want to start? You know, Nathan, it's a hard day to pick some stock yeah. movers. Um, just just given the news, I'm going to give it a whirl here. You are seeing futures higher to the tune about nine tenths of one percent. So when you see a stock beat that kind of rally, uh, even in the pre market, it's going to be pretty uh, significant. DocuSign is what I have my eye on. DOCU is your ticker. The shares are about seventeen percent in the pre market, soaring on some earnings results. It's really all about the billings here. They are actually coming out and saying that their billings forecasts are going to be higher for the full year. Remember, we're looking at a time where any any forecasts, any guidance that's actually positive going into the year end uh, and into next year is going to be a good sign. Analysts specifically saying the results showed some improvement for the company that, you know, has seen a shares really collapse. Remember, DocuSign is part of the pandemic trade, essentially all those kind of companies like Zoom, like Peloton, that basically had a round trip in their share price through 20 and two. 2020 and through 2021. Uh, um, that being said, the co- the standard, it feels like disclaimer for a lot of these companies is that they are cautious about a worsening macro environment. And DocuSign is no exception, um, really p- saying, you know, be careful about what those macro risks can bring. Yeah, we're really uh, seeing tech shares once again uh, lead the way this morning and uh, really seeing a surge in Bitcoin as well. We are, and it, it kind of rallies in and, and, and uh, has a ripple effect in some of those Bitcoin miners and other crypto-exposed stocks. Marathon Digital is one example. MARA is your taker, up about 11% in the pre-market, and this is significant. We have Bitcoin up about, well, just shy of 8% this morning. So this is going to be significant when we talk about simply the amount of of ways to play crypto right now through the stock market. And of course, remember a lot of these companies, the miners specifically, have magnified moves uh, coming out of Bitcoin. And Bitcoin right now looking at a two standard deviation move. So you can also almost uh, expect that a, a reaction in the stock, especially at the market open, is likely to be um, even bigger than that, which is which is certainly something worth noting. Nathan, I want to take my last 30 seconds here okay. and give you Zscaler because this is a really important company when it comes uh, to application software through cybersecurity as as well. We know this has been a major theme for a lot of companies switching to cloud and switching to um, just kind of ramp up the security uh, in their systems, uh, especially after the war in Ukraine really began. ZS is your ticker here, up about 13%. They also reported earnings 
earnings yesterday uh, beat expectations, gave an outlook that's very strong. Analysts specifically pointing out the billing story. That's really where um, they won a lot of favor and, and it's showing up in the stock market this morning. Thanks for this, Creedy. Good having you on with us. Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Creedy Gupta. As we take a look at the market ahead of the open on this Friday morning, uh, we're seeing risk on, really. It's S&P futures up by 36 points right now. Dow futures up 258 points. NASDAQ futures up 141 points. Dollar weaker this morning. The Bloomberg dollar spot index is down nine-tenths of one percent. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather, mostly sunny, a high near 80 degrees today. Morning sunshine tomorrow, but uh, clouds will increase tomorrow afternoon. Hazy skies, low 80s, partly to mostly cloudy Sunday, low 80s, 64 degrees right now. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Futures higher this morning. We get to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. And here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning. And good morning, Karen. That's right. U.S. futures with a bid right now. Dow futures up 275 points. Sesame's gained 39. Well, NASDAQ futures are up by 157. The U.S. 10-year-old at 3.26%. Gold is up 18. Oil trading higher. And Bitcoin is up a whopping 8.8%. Hong Kong rose 2.7% overnight, while European markets are also in the green this morning. And back in the U.S. on the economic front at 10 o'clock, wholesale inventories. After the bell last night, DocuSign boosted its fiscal year subscription revenue forecast shares are up 17 percent in the pre-market and regarding earnings this morning look for kroger to report in the pre-market in other news namora is the latest bank to boost its forecast for the fed hiking rates and wrapping things up regeneron was raised to hold over at jeffrey's american water was raised to neutral over at jp morgan live from the first of breaking news desk i'm bill maloney care all right, Bill, thank you. And to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg type squawk on your terminal, S-Q-U-A-W-K. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's John Tucker with more on what's going on around the world. John. And Karen Charles, the eldest of Queen Elizabeth's four children, will be formally proclaimed King of England in a ceremony tomorrow. He becomes the oldest person to ascend to the throne in the U.K. Here in the U.S., the Justice Department is going to appeal the federal judge's order for a special master in the Trump documents case. The DOJ says the ruling thwarts a review of the potential national security impact. And California faces the dual threat of blackouts from an overwhelmed grid, as well as from the risk of wildfires as that punishing heat wave continues. Sports, the NFL season kicked off last night with the Buffalo Bills beating the reigning champion Los Angeles Rams 31-10. to Yankees fell to the Twins 4-3. to The Nationals won over the Cardinals. Reds beat the Cobbs. The Marlins beat the Phillies. White Sox won big over the A's, and the Brewers swept the Giants in a doubleheader. Global News 24 hours a day on air and a blooper quick take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker. This is Bloomberg. Karen. All right, John, thank you. It is 649 on Wall Street, and we turn to news and science and technology now. With the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report, it is brought to you by... 
uh, New Jersey Institute of Technology. It's uh, New Jersey Institute of Technology Tech Lim, NJIT's ninth president, is committed to strengthening and growing NJIT's industry partnerships to improve student opportunities and outcomes. Learn more at njit.edu. And here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. PayPal might have a new rival when it comes to making quick online purchases. London-based fintech company Revolut is launching a new one-click payment app and have already signed up some major retailers to use the service, including Shopify. Revolut will also allow consumers to earn cash back on purchases. The U.S. is hoping to help get rid of some space junk. FCC regulators are looking to create new guidelines that would require space operators to bring satellites, discarded rocket cores, and other space debris out of orbit within five years of them ending service. The goal is to eliminate debris to make future space missions easier to navigate. And BMW wants to buy electric vehicle batteries from six new factories. The world's biggest luxury car maker is revamping its supply chain. Europe, China, and North America will get two plants each, producing lithium-ion cells that would last longer, charge faster, and cost less. And that's a Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Nathan. Thank you, Karen. We are live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, where it's coming up to 6.51 on Wall Street. Time now to check what's going on in D.C. Some of the top stories in our nation's capital include tributes to Queen Elizabeth II pouring in from the White House to Capitol Hill. President Biden rallying Democrats with attacks on former President Trump and his supporters and the Justice Department appealing the special master review at Mar-a-Lago. For more, we're joined from our Bloomberg 991 studios in the nation's capital by Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins. Emily, it's really difficult to sort of encapsulate the amazing impact that Queen Elizabeth II had, not just on her own country, but here in the U.S. I mean, you think about it. She knew nearly one in four presidents. It's amazing. It really is incredible, Nathan. I mean, just the, the longevity of her tenure, what she stood for, what she represented. I mean, as you mentioned, you know, she's met most of U.S. sitting presidents, a, a really high percentage for just one person. Uh, she's upset. There were 14 U.S. presidents that were sitting while she was on the throne. She met with 13 of them. Uh, she had some sort of correspondence and relationship with all of them. You saw tributes not only from uh, current President Joe Biden, but also past presidents, including Donald Trump, Barack Obama. Uh, certainly, this is something that that's very much cross party lines in terms of mourning her passing. And you saw President Joe Biden uh, make a stop last night at the British Embassy, uh, signing a, a book there, um, you know, giving his condolences uh, to the, the Queen. And he began a speech last night, his first public appearance since her passing, um, by calling the Queen an incredibly gracious and decent woman. Of course, he, he shifted into politics pretty quickly after that. Mm. Um, but the, the flags are at half-mast at the Capitol and the White House, um, and we expect to be seeing uh, continued tribute. Uh, from U- top U.S. officials. I mean, think back to all the times that the Queen visited this country and the nation's capital as well. I'm sure, Emily, a, a lot of members of Congress are uh, giving their own tributes as well. Yes, I remember the Queen did address uh, a joint 
meeting of Congress. That's not something that's incredibly common to happen. Uh, Congress really doesn't get together in, in a joint session except for really, really major speeches. Um, and, you know, she did. She went across the country. She's visited multiple parts of the U.S. Uh, she was, uh, I think it was former President George W. Bush who took her to a, to a baseball game with the Orioles and the Oakland A's. So certainly, you know, she had that relationship with folks in the U.S. And, and certainly there are many touching tributes that are now pouring in, not just from American officials, but also stories from just regular folks who, who crossed paths with her at one point or were inspired by her. I know it's early yet. I mean, we're still trying to figure out the details of uh, just how the, uh, the the ceremonies and remembrances are going to happen in the U.K., but are we getting any indication of how the U.S. Uh, plans to uh, take part in what, what's going to be happening over the next uh, 10 days of mourning in London? Well, the, the Daily Mail actually asked President Biden uh, last night after his speech if he would be going to the, the funeral for the Queen, and he indicated that he would be. Uh, we're going to be seeing some symbolic gestures. The House is going to um, pass a tribute to her on Tuesday when they come back and then adjourn in her name. We're expecting to see similar things in the Senate. This, this really isn't going to impact the House schedule or the Senate schedule much. Congress is still going to be doing their duties. But I'm sure we will hear of more folks who are going to be crossing the pond, uh, going to be heading to, to England as we start to get more details about what those arrangements look like. Now, let's talk a little bit more about uh, that appearance that the president gave uh, at the uh, Democratic Committee meeting uh, last night uh, just outside Washington, D.C. As you mentioned, uh, it, it did turn to politics pretty quickly after the uh, tribute to the queen. Oh, yeah. Very, very quickly. And, you know, this, of course, is, is Biden in very friendly territory. He's talking to a group of people who are all actively working every day uh, to make sure that Democrats are elected in the midterms. Um, and Biden, you know, he, his speech did touch a little bit on the accomplishments of his administration. But we are really seeing him lean in uh, to going after Trump and to tying Republicans to Trump and trying to paint the entire party as extremists. He talked in his speech last night about uh, the rioters who mobbed the Capitol on January 6th and how Trump is now talking about offering them pardons and, and kind of granting them that forgiveness. And, you know, for Biden, this is a way to sort of tie all Republicans to the extremes that we saw at the Capitol, even though, of course, many Republicans have come out and uh, and condemned what, what happened on January 6th. Um, but this is something that we're going to be seeing much more of. Of course, this coincides with the continuation of the January 6th committee in the House, we know that they're expected to hold some hearings uh, coming up this month. Punchbowl News reporting this morning that they could come in late September, which, of course, obviously puts it a little bit closer to the November elections. Um, so this is something that I think you're going to see Democrats continue to talk about. I expect in it words, uh, the phrase MAGA Republican mm. uh, to be used quite a bit in the next few weeks. Yeah, we've heard it quite a lot, actually, haven't we? In our last minute here, Emily, uh, tell us more about this uh, Justice Department appeal of the special master ruling. The continued saga of the uh, classified documents. So if you remember the other week, uh, Trump basically said, hey, I want a third party, a so-called special master, to please review these documents and kind of say, you know, this is what the FBI can have, but, you know, these these belong to Trump and and he he can have them back. Um, And the Department of Justice has now filed an appeal to that ruling, basically saying that the ruling was really confusing. They want to know if they can continue to use the documents they contain 
maintained as part of their investigation as to whether Trump or anyone else mishandled government records. Uh, They say that a current risk assessment being done on the documents has been put on hold because of confusion over the judge's ruling. Um, And the DOJ is also, of course, arguing that this ruling, this delay that will need to take place for this third party to look through all the documents, that could wind up being a national security risk. So this appeal was expected. I think at, at this point, we're just waiting to see what the result is going to be. Certainly, this is uh, probably not the last time uh, the courts are going to be involved uh, with what's happening with these documents. Understatement once again. Thanks, Emily. Really good having you on with us this morning. Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins. Read more on Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg Terminal. Listen to Bloomberg Radio in Washington at Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2, where our special coverage on the life and continuing legacy of the late Queen Elizabeth II continues on Bloomberg Surveillance with Tom Keene, Jonathan Farrow, and Lisa Abramowitz broadcasting from our European headquarters in London. For Karen Moscow, I'm Nathan Hager. This is Bloomberg. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at CutterEconomicForum.com.